Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Pretty Okay Podcast. Actually, our 50th episode of Pretty Okay Podcast, which is very exciting. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And Taylor, I can't believe it's been 50 episodes. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. I haven't been for all of them. I just like slightly sleuthed in here <laughs> about a year ago. <laughs> A year ago, it's been your it's your year podiversary. Yes, but I have been listening since the very beginning. You have. That's true. I have. You you've no been a lives. part of. I bet you have listened to every ep- all fifty episodes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, my friends <laughs> think it's weird that I listen to our episodes after they go live because a lot of <laughs> people. I guess this is like what actors, you know, you hear like some actors love watching themselves on screen and some don't. Yeah. I love listening to our episodes because they're <laughs> funny as shit. I, we, we make me laugh. Like even though I was here in this conversation, when I listen, I'm always <laughs> laughing. But also, um, I'm not going to lie. The the Leo in me, there's there's some vanity and I like listening to myself. So. <laughs> hey, if we can't make anybody else laugh, but we can make ourselves laugh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I am a-okay. Are Leo's vain? Yes. Okay. I mean, this I'm not like be a Leo. so vain. I mean, I'm a super tomboy and I roll around with no bra and no makeup most of the time. <laughs> but I have this pint glass that has a description of what Leo's are. And Uh I bought it because it was funny to me. And one of the things was essentially like, if you walk past a reflective surface, you're going to look in it. And (laughs) that is pretty spot on. I will look in every (laughs) reflective surface for whatever reason. That is funny. Yeah, this this baby's going to be a Leo, which, you know, I didn't know anything about until Meryl, my friend, pointed it out to me the other day. (laughs) So I was like, oh, cool, because, you know, Rocky is also born in July, but he's a cancer. Mm. So they'll be in the same month, but two different signs. I'm like, cool. That'll be fun to watch. Not that I know anything about astrology or any horoscopes. It's not necessarily my jam, but I find it entertaining. Yeah, it's not mine either. But I, I feel like most things that I read about Leos are pretty spot on for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of truth to it. <laughs> I think there's a little bit, but I do know some Leos that are not fiery at all. Or were they fiery too? 
It's a fire sign. Um, Ooh, okay. Leos are definitely fiery, but I know some Leos who are super mellow and the opposite of me, where they don't go from huh. zero to hero <laughs> at the drop of a dime. <laughs> oh, well, I like the fiery zero to hero types, so I'm stoked for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we did something different for this episode. We had you guys submit your topic ideas on Instagram on uh, – questions and then we narrowed it down and then each day we did a poll narrowed it down more narrowed it down more if you're listening to this you probably already know that but so the topic we ended up with today that you guys picked for our 50th episode was how to work with your friends which taylor and i were both saying before this we were kind of surprised that this was the episode that everybody picked, but apparently it's a, it was definitely recommended more than once before I even narrowed it down. So it seems to be a topic that everybody's kind of contemplating these days. So I'm excited to dive into it. Yes. And I'm so curious why people want to work with their friends, like outside (laughs) of my own experience. I've never asked other people that question, like what's the motivation for wanting to work with your friends other than just thinking they're rad people and wanting to spend more time with them. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, our, our audience is mainly creative entrepreneurs. And when you're a creative person, you tend to hang out with other creative people and then it just kind of snowballs into, into things. I can think of so many businesses that started because of two creative individuals who are like, let's, let's do this together. You know? Totally. I, have mixed feelings on working with friends. <laughs> I know you do too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think we, we, sh- we're going to dive into it in a way that is, you know, gives you some good action items to take away from it um, and looks at the good parts and then also the not so good parts, which, you know, it's just going to happen either way. When you work with friends, there's going to be good times and there's going to be shit times. And, I think that working with friends can be a awesome experience if you do it right. Yes. It can be the best thing if you've really thought it through. It can also mm-hmm. be the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all transparency, I mean, you all know that I work with my friends. Like, I'm guilty as fucking charged on this, but I still have right. very mixed emotions about it um, because this is not my first rodeo when it comes to working with friends. And I have two, I'm basically batting 50-50 on this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Two times, two times it's been the worst and two Mm -hmm. times that it's been the best. And those two times that have been the best are my current work with friends situations, which is why those crazy trains are still rolling. And the ones that did not work, I no longer associate with those people. Yeah, because the thing about mixing business and friendship is if it goes wrong, it's really, really hard to come out of it on the other side with your friendship intact. Yep. Especially if there was like money involved, like, right, your finances were intertwined. 
Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is that anytime money is involved with a relationship, shit gets messy. And, you know, you could have been the best of friends beforehand, but when your livelihoods are at stake and something goes awry, it's very easy for that friendship to just be done and dusted. Yeah. So not to scare you, people out there who are like, all excited (laughs) to work with your friends. Um, It could still be a beautiful thing. And uh, one of the things that is important to think about is, you know, how, how much or how deep you want this working relationship to be with someone, right? Like if you're just talking about you want to work with this friend on a project or a specific collaboration, I have mm-hmm. very little reservation about doing something like that. It's when stuff gets like, you know, you got to form a, bin- a business entity and you need to have a joint bank account and like that kind of thing is where I start to encourage people to pump the brakes and really, you know, have some hard conversations. Yeah, I have seen it go both ways too with those smaller collaborations and stuff, you know, because it, it always, again, goes back to the money thing. If it comes down to something where both of you are getting paid or there's finance involved with it, even if it's like a one-time project, it can still kind of fuck up a friendship if it's not not done right. Um, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can work with friends. There's obviously, like you just said, like a business partnership where you you do the whole shebang of having a business entity and or maybe you are renting a space together or maybe you are just working on a collaboration And then there's also times where you could have started a business and then you decide to bring a friend on as like a business partner or even just to work for you. Um, There's a lot of different ways that you can end up working with your friends. And I think that that all kind of has the same ground rules, which we'll go over. And I think like I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying don't do it. Don't work with your friends. It's it's going to end bad. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you got to think it through. Yeah. And think about a lot of different points and talk about a lot of different points with said friend before you do it because it's really hard to go backwards once kind of that that stuff is in play, I think. Yeah. Question, were you and Glitter Guide Taylor friends before or you guys no. became friends through yes. the course of working together. Gotcha. Yeah, we became friends after. I didn't know her at all before she hired me. Um, but yeah, we became friends after working, which, you know, is another thing. Uh, I, I think that's kind of a separate topic on its own because that's more so about like managing those two different sides of your relationship, you know, which I think Taylor and I are pretty good at. It It definitely helps when you have like a smaller team, like it's just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we we got to do the business side first and then the friendship, which is easier than being friends first and then going into the business part. Yeah, that's where Jillian and I, our relationship started as a professional one. Okay. And then we became friends. And then the ladies at Source were friends first. Okay. And then business partners second. So you've done it both ways. I've done it bat both ways, baby. <laughs> that was not me actually coming out because I'm, <laughs> I just realized that could be very misconstrued. 
Big day um, here at Pretty Okay Podcast. Yeah, big day. <laughs> My husband will be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was also just thinking that the two times that shit has gone sideways, mm-hmm. men have been involved. Well, that's the problem right there. Yeah. Fucking dudes should not be. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Mor- Taylor's moral of the story is don't work with men, only work with women. <laughs> Well, I mean, it definitely creates a different dynamic when dudes are involved, for sure. Yes. Um, And, you know, I have had projects and stuff where my business partner was a man. Um, Granted, he's definitely not your your typical, uh, how do I say it, Um, power monger. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very chill, creative dude. But I, yeah. Yeah, dudes definitely add a, a different element to the entire thing. And I'm saying that assuming that our, our audience is mostly women, which I know it is. Shout out to Tim Molito, who also listens to this. But <laughs> everybody else tends to be ladies. Yes, yes. So what? So if someone is thinking about approaching a friend to work with them, what – I mean, I, I assume that you're going to say – Get a contract in place. Because <laughs> yes, even mm-hmm. your grandma needs a contract. Not, grandma needs a fucking contract. Yes. How do you approach um, informal, like, working friendships? Do you say, like, even that needs a contract? I do. Just because, again, if there's money involved, there needs to be a contract. Um, if there's not money involved, you know, I think that's a kind of a case-by-case basis. I'm not even sure what that would look like. But I imagine that if you're collaborating on something with a friend or you're working on a project with a friend and there's no money involved whatsoever, it would be kind of hard to write a contract for that because there's no necessarily like financial deliverables or areas where things can get misconstrued. What about IP, right? Because that's like, that's something in the creative world that gets messy really quickly. Yeah. Again, I think if that, and can you explain? Oh, what the IP is <laughs> for people listening. Sorry. My jargon would be uh-huh. intellectual property. So, <laughs> so, like your ideas and designs, mm-hmm. those are your intellectual property. If you're the person that created it, yeah. So, typically for that that kind of thing with intellectual property, um. I would say you still need a contract because you never know what's going to happen down the line where somebody's going to be like, hey, I actually want to monetize this. You know, I've seen that happen. I've worked in situations where that has happened. And it's a lot easier to have that contract in place than to not when that rolls around, you know, because I've also seen people who've like collaborated on a project and then, you know, blah, 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 went their separate ways. And then later one person doesn't even contact the other and just starts monetizing it on that and shit hits the fan. So I think if you're just working on something that's IP and it's not necessarily like a physical product that you're going to make money off of in the immediate future, at least have a contract that stipulates what you're going to do if one of you decides to do that Mm -hmm. later on. Yeah. I can definitely see how like 
I mean, I think of all of my graphic designer friends, right? Like they might collaborate on a quick little project with the stationary designer or something like that, or a website designer. And then eventually their pattern starts or their graphic design starts showing up like on different types of products that that person worked with them on. So, but yeah, don't step on your friend's toes, I think is one of the big like if you just if we were to boil this down into the most like simplistic language, don't step on your friend's toes because don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. It's very important. <laughs> it's very hard for men to not be dicks. They always end up being dicks. It's true. But it's important to not be a dick in friendship and in business, but especially when you combine the two. Yes. Yes. I know. And you know what? Sometimes, like, the things that you can say to your friend when you're Mm -hmm. speaking to them as a friend, that's different than what you can say to a friend when the situation is more like business part, like working relationship or business partner to business partner, right? Like, you can't always be as open and honest Mm-hmm. with your friends, which if you can't recognize those, like the differences in those conversations and compartmentalize how you treat them as, again, as your friend versus as your, you know, collaborator or coworker, um, mm-hmm. that, that is going to blow up in your face real quick. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes on both sides too. Like, are you going to be able to have those hard conversations? And is your friend going to be able to handle those hard conversations? Because if you're looking into going into business with someone who like you already kind of have to walk on eggshells around because they're sensitive or this, that, and the other, like just imagine that magnified by 10 when you're working together because people get very, they get defensive. They take things personally. Yes, exactly. They get very defensive, like, oh, you're judging my my character, my quality of work. Like, when it comes to critiquing somebody's performance in, like, a professional setting, I think that it is a lot harder than when you're talking about issues you're having just, like, within a friendship. So one of the – I mean, this is one of the things that I had to work on because I'm, I'm just – a very honest person who speaks their mind and Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to not necessarily not say what I wanted to say, but to repackage it. So it like landed softer or landed differently than me just Mm -hmm. having a knee jerk reaction and saying exactly what came to my mind in the moment that it came to me. So, um, you know, that's one of the the things that you can take upon yourself to really like own and help yeah. make sure that you're building a positive working relationship with your friends. It's like knowing where your own faults are and how you can be right. less of a dick yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I don't know about you, but with me, like it's easier for me to justify knee-jerk reactions with friends than like in business, you know, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to say the first thing that comes out of my mouth because they're my friends and this is a safe space. But, you know, we did that whole episode on how to um, give constructive criticism and 
and how to kind of, like you just said, repackage it and land it in a way that it's going to be accepted and heard. But when you're just like in a colloquial setting with friends where, you know, you say the first thing that comes to your mind because it's your friends and that's what you do. Like, (laughs) I think that you're going to, it's, you have to take it on yourself to make sure that you can separate and that you can step back and take that breath and respond like a business partner, not like a friend. So it's a, it's a two-parter thing, I think, in that relationship for sure. Like, is one, are you both going to be able to have constructive, honest conversations? And are you both going to be able to handle having those conversations and what's being said and not take it personally to where it could potentially damage your friendship? If you're someone that holds grudges, don't do it. Then working with your friends is definitely not for you. It's not going to work. Nope. It nope. is not like hard. Work. Stop. Yep. Yeah. Just don't. Because, you just know, don't. if you, yeah, don't. You should just stop listening to this episode and be like, okay, yep, nope, not doing that. Turn it off. This is not for you. <laughs> My job. I mean, because I have had some like there was one time that I said something not intentionally but like not intentionally to be mean but it was received in a way that made and Cassie and I have you know she's my fucking work wife we're we're past this but this is a story about me and Cassie so I said something and it hurt her feelings like really badly and Almost immediately after it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, that was fucked. I probably shouldn't have said that. And, you know, we talked about it on our drive. This is back when, like, we could be in the same place in in a car together for a road trip. Um, And we Mm -hmm. talked about it in the car. I, like, thought things were smoothed over, but then it lingered for a few weeks. And both she and I could tell, like, in how we were communicating with each other over mm-hmm. Slack, that like it was still there. Mm-hmm. Like the hurt was still there. And so eventually she and I, you know, we got together in person, had a conversation, you know, like, and we were able to come to a place where like we could actually move on. But if she couldn't have truly forgiven me for saying that, it would have been really not bueno. So yeah, yeah, you really can't hold a grudge. I have learned to, I don't hold grudges, but I don't forget. Yeah, I was going to say that to me too. I'm like, I don't forget. Okay. (laughs) So don't fuck with me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That shit gets filed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Um, I'm so my mother in that way. Mm -hmm. So my mom. But yeah, so like if you if you really have a hard like if you get you know so if you're I guess like a an emotional really emotional person who like can have their feelings hurt and or like holds a grudge or has a really hard time moving on when someone that you care about hurts you then mm-hmm. this is like working with a friend is just too dangerous of an emotional space for you. Right. Yeah. You have to be able to compartmentalize when you work with a friend. 
You just, you have to, because otherwise like it's not going to work because you need to have your business relationship and you need to have your friendship and not being able to separate the two is going to be the end of the friendship. If you can't, if not also the business. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Which it's so complicated when you're, I mean, this, we're not talking about working with spouses, but um, you know, it's similar, right? Like now there's just extra thing that's on the line and yeah. it really makes what could be in different situations a simple decision. It makes them very complicated. Right. Yeah. Well, because like business decisions are already complicated, right? Because you've got a lot of different moving pieces involved. And then when you're working with friends, there's just these underlying emotions that are now mixed in with the bag. Same with working with your spouse, you know, and it's – it's it is an active response that you're going to have to take to separate them out in order to make it work. Don't get butt hurt. Don't be a dick. Don't get butt hurt. <laughs> yep. Bullet point, bullet point. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about if you are working with a friend and aside from the emotions and the feelings and all of that stuff, talking about just the the basics, the day to day, like, you had written down, you know, how your strengths complement each other and how you're going to split up responsibilities. I, I'm curious to hear your take on this because I have a, a very um, black and white take on this that I don't know if a lot of people have. So I'm curious what you think about working with friends when it comes to that element. I mean, I think that you need to have different things. You each need to be bringing something different to the table in order to cultivate a productive and successful working relationship. Mm -hmm. Because if you take any sort of pride and ownership over your work and ideas, then if someone else is mirroring that same contribution, I think that emotionally it's really hard to sometimes not feel like you are either being talked over or pushed aside or, you know, any of those kind of ugly feelings. So I think opposites attract in terms of what you can bring to the table is one of the the foundational pieces to having a, a successful working relationship with someone. Yeah. I, yeah, so that's pretty, pretty close to what I was going to say because I have this, what's like framework, I guess is the best way to say it, where I think if you're going to go into business with somebody, you have to have two dedicated roles. You have to have one integrator and you have to have one visionary because if you have two of the same, it's going to clash. The responsibilities are going to get muddled. Everything is going to just be constantly butting heads. But if you have a visionary and you have an integrator, you have two very complementary roles. And that to me is the number one way to make it work. And so obviously the visionary is someone who's big picture, creative, you know, all of that, that side of things. And then the integrator is somebody who makes those dreams and those ideas get done. They know what to do in order for it to happen. And I think that that working relationship is ideal. 
I think that when you have two visionaries, there becomes this like muddled mess of, well, nothing's getting done, you know, because nobody is really taking the initiative to do the next steps. Or when you have two integrators, it's like, oh, well, this is my idea. No, this is my idea. And things start getting really just kind of convoluted. Um, And then I think when you have those two outlined roles, it really helps you delegate responsibilities. So you know what, what role is responsible for what action. And then it helps get rid of that kind of resentment that comes from when you're feeling like, oh, well, so-and-so is doing not doing their, their part, you know, they're not pulling their weight. But I think that if you can do that, if you have a friend who is that kind of perfect counterpart, cool, cool. Go for it. Groovy. Groovy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, you definitely need, I think it was, it was a client of mine that said this first, and I, I really like the analogy. And it's it's very much along the lines of your integrator and visionary, that someone is the kite and someone is the string. Mm-hmm. Right? So you yep. need someone who's going to have their kind of heads in the clouds and think of big, audacious, crazy-ass things to do. And yep. then someone has to, you know, reel them in a little bit, let them out, you know, when you need more ideas, that kind of thing. So... But that is super important. It's a very symbiotic relationship too because, you know, a visionary needs an integrator and an integrator needs a visionary. And without one or the other, you're going to be kind of stuck. So I think if you guys can get on that same page and outline those roles and then be very, very clear about, okay, as the visionary, I'm responsible for X, Y, and Z. As the integrator, I'm responsible for X, Y, and Z. It just helps open up that communication and set those realistic expectations outlined for everybody. And, you know, I'm a big fan of setting out expectations because then there are no surprises. (laughs) Surprises are not good in business. I don't like them. Mm -mm. I don't really like them in life either, but, you know, whatever. I mean, like, when... Jenny Winnie drops off surprise Valentine's Day treats at my door. I will accept that surprise. <laughs> but okay, that's fine. That's fine. As long as she doesn't ring the doorbell because then I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't drop by and expect me to interact with you. That is not on my plan for today. <laughs> I'm not. I am my hair is not cute. I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> See, surprises. I don't like it. But I was the kid who I used to unwrap my Christmas presents when my parents weren't looking and then I'd wrap them back up because I I couldn't stand the surprise. <laughs> I think I'm ballsy. I'm a little crazy, but you know, I don't like surprises. Don't do it. Don't surprise me. Okay. We've all made a mental note. Don't ever surprise Sam. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about big picture, long-term stuff with working with friends, because I know so many businesses that have gotten started with friends being like, oh my God, we should do this. (gasps) We should do this. Let's do, (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like that conversation has happened and boom, a business is born. Not a lot of long-term planning or discussion goes into that because it's exciting and it's fresh and it's new and we all get caught up in that kind of moment. But, you know, one of the things that you need to do when you're working with friends is talk about the big picture. Talk about the goals for the business. Make sure you're on the same page with that, right? I'm sure you, when you launched Sourced, how did you guys go about that conversation? When we started Sourced, this that was my opportunity to start a business the quote unquote right way. Like, I was going to show all these people who had fucked it up with me in the past <laughs> that I could do it. So let's just be real. There was a little bit of, I have a bone to pick. I'm going to show you competitive drive. <laughs> so I was going to check all the fucking boxes. So we had contracts. We had memorandums of understanding. We had like, not like a super long operating agreement because I didn't want to drop thousands of dollars on a lawyer to get that done. But like we outlined how we were going to operate our business, um, including like what happens if a partner wants to leave, like what happens Mm -hmm. to their, their percentage of ownership. Um, I mean, so I think we did a really good job of mapping out those fundamentals. Yeah. But even when you do that, things change because life happens people change, people's individual goals change and their individual circumstances change. Sure. So the the long play is not a set it and forget it. Like it's a you constantly have to work at it to make sure that you have like you're still all working toward the same vision mm-hmm. and that from an infrastructure perspective you still have what you need in order to get there. Yes. Yes. And I think that having that conversation up front is crucial. And then, you know, if you guys do have that conversation and then you go, cool, that all sounds great. How the fuck do we do that? (laughs) Because, you know, you had a lot of resources and knowledge already at your disposal to kind of know what you needed and to get the ball rolling. Um, If you and this friend that you want to start a business with don't know about any of that stuff, please hire someone. (laughs) Or bare minimum, listen to our How to Start a Business Without Losing Your Goddamn Mind series. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. Um, That's like, I mean, do that even before you hire somebody, obviously. (laughs) But if you listen to that and you're still like, okay, cool, cool, on board, on board. Can't do it. I need somebody to do it for me. Hire someone. Yeah, don't skip over it because you guys are friends. Yes. Don't skip over anything because you guys are friends. <laughs> and if you're not willing to make financial investments, then that's a pretty solid clue that maybe you should rethink whatever it is you're talking about. Because, yeah, right? Like, yes, you're friends and you love each other and you have so much fun and they're your favorite people. But if, one or both of you is not willing to put cash on the table, then take that for exactly what it's worth. Yes. I think it's an even bigger red flag if one of you is willing to put the cash on the table and the other is not. (laughs) 
because that's our ooh, foreshadowing into the future of the business. Yes. So, so it all goes back to making sure you're on the same page. Yeah. And as soon as you catch wind of something kind of going sideways, mm-hmm. you have to talk about it sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Like you cannot hesitate to have hard conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, if it's your friend, you probably kind of pussyfoot around it and you're like, well, just blow over, yada, yada, I'll forget about it in four weeks. Like it doesn't happen when you're actually in a working relationship with someone. And I will say, you know, we talked about the importance of separating friendship, relationship and business relationship. And I think that that goes down with every little detail. And for me, that means not texting about business stuff with your friends when it needs to be documented in an email just in case for the future. And, you know, I'm not saying you have this dark gray cloud hanging over you the whole time of like, oh, I better document this in case my friend fucks me over in the future. Not what I'm saying. But it helps to keep things separate when you have, okay, We use Slack and email to communicate about work and talk about things regarding the business. Text is for friendship, right? Those lines get very blurry and messy when you start kind of commingling those two worlds, but it also does protect your ass if you are talking about business-related things and you've got documented representation of it in an email or, you know, some form of work communication. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about documenting things to save your ass. It's about documenting things for reference. Right. right? And like, yeah. So we don't, we don't use text to talk about business at Sourced. We use Slack um, Mm -hmm. for 99% of the things. Mm -hmm. Jillian and I do say or have some light business conversations via text, but it tends to be stuff related to like an email one of us needs to respond to. And if like both of us need to be on a call with someone, we'll spot check like, hey, are you available at this time for a quick answer? Um, But I guess Jillian Mm -hmm. and I muddy the waters a tiny bit. That's not that bad though. Like the scheduling stuff doesn't necessarily... I, that doesn't bug me as much as logistics and, like you said, things that need to be documented for reference. Um, I think that having those two clear-cut channels of communication is going to be really helpful when you're working with friends because it just helps, you know, helps you step into friend role versus business partner role. Yep. Also, this is not something that I've done but, and I'm probably sometimes, I sometimes like this morning, you know, I'm an early bird. So I'm up and at my computer already cranking at like 6.30 a.m. Like a fucking <laughs> mad person. But <laughs> so when I go into our email every morning and I see what you know, purchases were made overnight, that's the first thing I do is I like hop into Slack and I'm like, hey, let's do the happy dance. Like these are the things that happened while we were sleeping. Granted, everybody else has uh, like puts their Slack on snooze. Sure. I don't. Um, But understanding your boundaries, right, as a friend, like, you know, 
no one should be slacking me for work shit past 9 p.m. because I'm definitely half asleep and not in any sort of position to make a serious decision. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You have to respect the same boundaries that you would for any coworker or any employee, even when they're your friend when it comes to work. Like, text them at 9 p.m. about, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race if you want to talk about shit. That's cool. Don't slack them about business stuff or text them, God forbid, about business stuff at 9 p.m. Don't be a dick. More merch. But, like, the the, the, the dot for the eye will be a flower. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, we're going to have just the coolest merch store with so many things. <laughs> When we get our shit together. One day, one day. All right. So friendship, working together with your friends. Anything else you think we should touch on? Did we miss anything? I mean, I think we talked about a lot. I don't want to I don't want to hijack the conversation and go down like the business do partnership it. role or like conversation. <laughs> or do you? Do you guys want to talk that nerdy? today um i mean i fully support you hijacking the conversation so yeah so i think the the thing one of the biggest lessons that i have learned is that and i mentioned that i mentioned it a little bit earlier is that right like life changes circumstances change like personal goals change all that kind of stuff um And this is not a knock on anything. It's just like fact. So you can start a business relationship with a friend, both being like fucking amped to do the work, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's new and it's exciting. It's a shiny new toy to play with. And you're both just like obsessed with it. Then time passes, things change. And the, the amount of energy that one or both people have to put into things can change for whatever reason. So if you're in a formal business partnership, this is where things like get complicated and can spark really hard conversations because if someone starts to contribute less than what was expected, then that really should reflect either their their compensation or ownership in whatever it is you two are working on. Um, so, and that's a really fucking hard conversation to have. I've, I've personally had it um, multiple times. I mean, like, it's just, it sucks. There's no, there's no way to put lipstick on this pig. It sucks. Right. So that's why it's so important for you to, like essentially choose really wisely with the friends that you decide to start something with because that conversation can be a friendship ending conversation and i've had those concerns before right like those are very stressful calls to have on the calendar i think that's a great point because look at your potential partner you know look at your friends history with their working experience like have they started and then ditched a bunch of ideas or have they had really short-term 
relationships when working with other people? Have they quit a ton of jobs? Because it's just like when you're hiring somebody, you know, when you look at a resume, if they have a bunch of jobs that like they've only been at for like six months, that's red flag, warning, ding, ding. It's the same thing when you're looking at, should I work with this friend in a business relationship? I think that's a great point. Like do your homework (laughs) to make sure you don't end up with someone who's going to burn out on you just later down the line. Yeah. And you know, like in my, in my world, I'm the childless one Mm -hmm. and literally everyone around me right now is reproducing. (laughs) literally everybody I'm sorry (laughs) no none of you have anything to apologize for the when you are the childless one in a you know working friend relationship like that's just another facet of being a friend and a woman and like all these other things that I really encourage people to think about is Mm -hmm. you know what can you take on yourself because sometimes you need to take something off of someone else's plate in order to be a good friend. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I could say this in front of all of my business partners at source because they're all moms. Like that's one of our, it's in our core values that we ask for help when we need it. And oftentimes it ends up being, Hey Taylor, can you do this? Because I'm the only one without a kid. Um, but that's something that I think is necessary as a business partner, because like, mm-hmm. why would I just say, no, fuck it. I'm not going to help you. Let's like, whatever you were working on just won't happen. Um, but yeah, I thought you had a fucking kid, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a necessary part of maintaining a strong friendship. Yeah. And like, you know, reiterating yeah. trust and, you know, my faith in them and all that kind of stuff. So um, just other weird, hard things that fucking come up when you work with friends and you're yeah. a woman. I only say that joke about it's not my fault you have a kid because my neighbor said it to me once when I asked her to make her dog stop barking at 11 p.m. Holy shit. Yeah. She's like, it's not my fault you had a baby. <laughs> I'm like, you're a fucking she devil. <laughs> That's not okay, man. It's yeah. not, but you know, people's brains are weird. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we should do we should do an episode on working like no kids with kids, you know, like those partnerships oh. because that is such a dynamic. It really is. And I think another dynamic too is like you and I are both the people who get shit done. And we get shit done quickly and efficiently. And I think that when you are known as that person, it's a lot easier for your friend and business partners to try to throw stuff on your plate. Um, and so, you know, that also means you are going to have to be someone careful or not careful. You are going to have to be someone comfortable with setting boundaries and saying no, because if you are working with a friend who knows you have more time than they do or more capacity or resources, like, you, it doesn't mean you're a, a dumping ground for their work. So yeah. I think that that's what you were saying about, you know, having, having those conversations, having it in your core values. It's very, very, very important and will avoid a lot of ugly conversations in the future. Yeah. Yep. So, but mm. I love all my nieces and nephews, unofficial <laughs> or official. <laughs> Jellyfish. Jellyfish. That's mine. Oh, yeah. 
didn't tell you Rocky named him Jellyfish. No, he didn't tell me that. <laughs> yes. And Stephen and I have yet to come up with a name. So we've just been referring to the baby as Jellyfish. jellyfish. That's so fine. I'm pretty sure it's going to stick. <laughs> I mean, you have time to come up with a name. We do. But in that time, we'll probably call it Jellyfish so many times that it'll <laughs> – yeah. Yeah. It'll just be known as jellyfish as it as yeah. it grows. That's it. I think oh. it actually probably kind of no, he doesn't look like a jellyfish anymore in your ultrasounds. No, now he's he looks like a, like a really cute baby. Yeah. 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 We're well past not, it. Not yeah. No. He's he's moving around and shit, so he's no longer a blob of flailing jellyfish. Could see my jellyfish arms just now. <laughs> well, we both did the jellyfish arms. We did. It was good. Uh, uh, did you see the Wayne's World um, Super Bowl commercial? Yes. Oh yes. my god, that was Pretty funny. Good. They look old. Yeah, Dana Carvey still looks like almost the same, just with more wrinkles. But uh, Mike Myers definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's had some work done. Oh, yes, he has. Um, have I ever told you my my Garth story? No. As a kid? Um, so when I was a kid, Garth was my imaginary boyfriend. Um, I think I was like six or seven. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> and I used to go to dinner at my grandma's house, like so my parents could go on dates, and I would make her set a place for Garth so he could have dinner for it with us. And that lasted for a while, like almost <laughs> a year. I think um, baby jellyfish number two should be Garth. Oh, God. <laughs> can you imagine? I hadn't – it wasn't – my imaginary boyfriend was not Dana Carvey. It was Garth. It was Garth. <laughs> That's rad. That's so rad on so many levels. <laughs> oh, kids are weird. <laughs> kids are so weird. But, yeah. Well – all right. That I think is our spiel. I'm working with friends. Thank you guys for taking the time to submit ideas and, you know, vote. I think we actually got some good backup ideas too from yeah. some of the topics that were submitted. Um, a lot of, you know, everything I think is kind of up in the air still for people right now. There's people aren't really into the nitty gritty. It's more like big picture inspirational help me i hate covid kind of life you know yep but i'm with you i feel the same way yep day I'm, by day guys i'm sad that i'm used to being alone now i know yeah, i haven't yeah. seen you in a year in yeah. person yeah it has been a very long time and we just look at each other on a computer screen and i'm so over it yeah but I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. I think starting to see a little bit of it. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm staying optimistic, but yeah. realistic. I'll probably uh, be the last human to get a vaccine, but. Oh, no, I will because I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, that's true. Hmm. Yep. Yep. I'm pretty certain I will definitely not be getting any vaccine till like at least August at the very earliest because this baby's born July. So 
If you guys want to come see me and my baby, get your vaccine so you don't get us sick. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to my stepmother-in-law who is not listening to this, that message is for you because she's refusing to get it. And I think she's a moron and she can't come see my baby. <laughs> you know what my – so my – one of my brothers just had a baby last week. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So I'm an auntie by blood for the first time. Nice. Um, little, little baby girl. But – my mom, so my dad is still teaching in a classroom. Right. He teaches high school. Um, so like he's not, he's, a, you know, he just has exposure to it. My mom is retired. She's a retired NICU nurse. And she, <laughs> she, I thought that she was going to come quarantine at our place while we're in Mammoth. Mm. on our next trip because we'll be gone for two weeks. And I was like, cool, you could just come stay at our house, drive from our house to John and Brandy's and snuggle that little fresh human. Yeah. And this morning she texted me that she's talking to a couple of her friends who are still RNs. And she's like, somebody's going to try to get me a disposable, like basically hazmat suit and N95 mask and like full, she's going to go in there like the fucking people in ET. Wow. <laughs> and so she could see this kid. I was like, that's cool, but it's definitely not the same. Like you can't actually touch the bait. Like you can hold the baby, but there's going to be a layer of plastic in between you. Yeah. Um, but that is how crazy being a first time grandma is making my mother. She's going to oh put God. on a hazmat suit so she can go meet that kid. Because she otherwise, would she not be able to meet the baby? Yeah. I mean, or my are parents I... are too young to get the vaccine. They're only okay. 61. Yeah. And I so, guess your dad is out in the trenches. So so it's like not a. Got it. Yeah. So like they sleep in separate bedrooms. I mean, my mom's taking. Like, yeah. Like my family's been taking this very seriously. But so she'll get the vaccine as soon as possible. But. In yeah. the meantime, apparently she's on the market for biohazard material suits. <laughs> well, do you remember when I made that hug machine for my mom? Yes. yes. Tell her. Go on Amazon and fi find some of those big-ass gloves Cow that gloves. they use um, to birth cattle. Yep. You know? <laughs> That's what you need. Go up yep. the elbow. Yep. Yep. And a shower curtain. Good. She's good, good. to go. Good to go. <laughs> I mean, like, it's way cheaper than whatever real official medical grade shit you're looking at. Yeah. No. No. Does the job. It's great. Oh, oh my God. Well, they should fucking vaccinate teachers. That's what I think. Yeah. Your dad deserves it. Yeah. I think that too. But I'm not in charge. I no. ask myself why I'm not in charge pretty regularly these charge. days. But We should do it. Let's yeah. be in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Let's overthrow this shit. Let's do it. I'm an anarchist at heart. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Free weed, education, and healthcare for everyone. We. This podcast took a weird turn, but you know, subscribe for our anarchy feminist podcast coming spring 2021. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to end it here since I've yeah. clearly lost my mind. Um, and you know, just remind you guys to head to prettyokpodcast.com If you want to check out the show notes, 
uh, leave us a rating and review. If you like listening to us be feminist anarchists um, and not be dicks because, you know, that's our goal here. So <laughs> other than that, we'll be over on Instagram when I remember um, I'm really bad at social media these days because I just have like it's cool. Take a break. Stop caring. Oh, I wanted sorry, backtrack. A follow-up to our episode last time about the social about the Instagram hacking uh tips. Later came out with another article today, I guess, from Instagram specifically about reels. Did you see that? I did not see that. So if you are someone who's utilizing reels, um, they said that they, the way to hack the real algorithm, which apparently is now its own separate thing, is to make your reels directly in Instagram reels, not in TikTok, and upload them to Instagram reels. They're going to start prioritizing the native ones in the algorithm over TikTok. So if you're somebody who's been doing TikTok and uploading it, knock it off. Try it in Instagram. Just a even little side more, note. Even more reasons for me to give both of those platforms a middle finger. <laughs> like, no, it's true. Literally, I can't create that much content like natively I, in all those platforms. Yeah, I mean, Lissai. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But that's, that's their thing. I, I mean, I get it. I get where they're coming from. You know, yep. the whole like competing platforms. Yep spiel but they did that with snapchat too for a while i remember um but i don't think anybody uses snapchat anymore so i don't think it's an issue <laughs> spoiler alert snapchat for your business is not useful please don't click on that link um <laughs> don't listen to that podcast episode snapchat for business is now officially useless you might as well be using vine for business <laughs> oh burn R.I.P. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening to our shenanigans. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another new episode. Have a great week. Bye. See you later. Mm -hmm.